Come on, it's time for church. Good to have you tonight on this, uh, I think, fall show back up today. So that's kind of nice, right? How many of y'all love the fall weather? How many of y'all are depressed summer's leaving? Anybody depressed that summer is over? Well, you'll be all right. You'll live. But anyways, hey, good to have you tonight. A couple quick announcements before we jump into uh, our worship. Uh, so we do have youth hangout tonight, so 5th to 12th grade, when worship is over. Chamberlain right here, follow him, and he's heading it up tonight, so you guys can go with him. Also, if you're part of the Out of the Cave uh, small group, that's also after offering. So as soon as offering is taken, you guys can head. That's meeting downstairs uh, in the corner of the basement over there. So make sure you uh, follow Tori. Tori, wave your hand around. Tori back there. Tori, Tori, Tori. Tori. There you go. Yeah, see her. Uh, she's heading up that small group. You can follow her down there. But other than that, uh, don't forget, Friday night we have a kids and youth event. If you haven't signed up for that, it's on the back table. If you want information, we've been talking about it for a while, so I won't go over the details again. But if you want more information, you can see Kenzie. Or you can see Amanda. And we also have Joy Fellowship this coming Sunday at 5 o'clock. It's another one of our small groups that meets. So if you have information about that, you can see Bill and Patsy. So we do have a lot of things going on. Let me just make sure I'm not missing anything. Oh, oh, by the way, this coming Sunday is the fifth Sunday. There's like four or five fifth Sundays a year. And every time we have a fifth Sunday, we have what we call one big family Sunday. So that's the Sunday when the kids stay with us for the whole service. They help me do the service. It's always a good time. So don't forget, this coming Sunday is one big family Sunday. So it's a great time. So make sure you're here for that. Other than that, that's all I got to say. So why don't we stand up, uh, high five like three or four people around you real quick. And let's praise Jesus together. Yeah. 
carries me through in all the valleys and the darkest places your love carries your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places your love
get me this far. Ain't nobody love me like Jesus. And I know, I know, nobody could. to have you tonight and we'll give them a chance to check kids in and get back up here live streamers good to have you wherever you're watching from I, th I think my wife is watching tonight she's in South Carolina 
So I think she's coming back Saturday, maybe. We'll see. Now, she's there on business. Um, I took her to the airport, like, way early this morning. Whoa. There we go. But she'll be back on Sunday. I think I got a little ring. I'm getting a little ring up here. Thank you. It's good to have you tonight. So tithe and offering, if you have something to give, you can prep that on the chairs in front of you uh, or raise your hand around where the ushers will help you out. And uh, I'll pray over it so we can give it. That way the small group can get rolling. Lord, we thank you uh, for being able to come to your house tonight, uh, spend time with one another, spend time with you, Lord. And I pray as we continue in our worship and our giving tonight, Lord, that, that we continue a life of faith following you because you are our provider. And Lord, as we give, it's a testimony to the goodness of who you are, the, the tithe and the offering. They're holy unto you. And we thank you for uh, the times that you made ways when it seemed to be no way. We, we thank you for every day, this day, our daily bread, Lord. And I, I pray as we give, it's just another step of faith in believing that you always have provision in front of us. And I thank you for that. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So if you have something, you can bring it down. Small group, uh, the outer cave small group, you guys are dismissed. And whoever's left after that and youth being out tonight, that's who we got. So, um, but I am glad you're here. I know we have a bunch of people out. So uh, for the first time and never, ever, nobody, no verses tonight. So I hope you brought your Bible. All right. So everybody's either involved in the youth or the small group or they're out tonight. They're not here. So I think we'll survive a night without the verses on the screen. But... I hope you did bring your Bible. So if you have it, Ephesians chapter 6 is where we are. And if you're new with us tonight, thanks for coming. If, and if you want to, uh, in, in the seat in front of you, there's these uh, red and white cards. If you want to fill that out and give that to me afterwards, we'd just love to connect to you. I promise we won't bombard you with anything. It's just our way of connecting with you, and thank you for being with us tonight. But if you have any questions about anything, let me know. And I'd love to talk with you about it. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. So, by the way, Sunday, uh, one big family Sunday, we're going to continue in our series, Encounters with Jesus. So, uh, be here for that. I'm enjoying that series. I hope you are, too. But on Wednesdays, we've been in what has been called the armor of God. And the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, as we say all the time, he is a very dense writer. So, Paul... Uh, we have these copies of these letters that he wrote, some to churches, some of them are specifically to Timothy, they're called the pastoral letters. But these epistles that he writes to uh, churches in, uh, that we know as Colossians and, and Ephesians and, and Philippians and different, different places, Paul is often a very dense writer, okay? And, and he has a tendency to make lists. And in, in writing the, these dense list. He says a lot in a very short amount of space. And uh, the armor of God is sort of that way. So Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. And let's just read down through this. We'll come back and highlight the ones we'll talk about tonight. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And we've been saying this since we've been talking in this series, this is not some sort of empty platitude that Paul's throwing out there. You have the ability to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Do you believe that? But, but the reason that, that Paul is saying that is because of what he puts next. He talks about putting on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So there is an enemy... And he does scheme against us as mankind, but also, I believe, there's also scheming on an individual level. So verse 12, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So there is an unseen realm in which we engage. That is why Paul is saying, look, in the midst of having an enemy, in the midst of an unseen realm in which we engage, schemes against mankind to blind them from salvation in Jesus, and certainly uh, not beyond that, beyond that into holding us into patterns of sin, you have the ability to stand firm 
and be strong in the power of his might in spite of it. So the devil was real, right? But, 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 but God. So again, this is something, we, we say this here a lot, but I want you to keep catching this. No matter what you face in life, there's always the opportunity to say, but God. Whatever you face tomorrow, it, it may not be the best thing that's ever happened to you, but God. You may face a situation you can think, think is super hard, but God. You can face something, you think, look at this thing, it looks like a mountain or a giant in front of you, but God. And we have the opportunity to be strong in the power of this might in the face of the fact that there is a devil and he has a plan and he does scheme. But why don't you need to be fearful of that? Because of God. But God. Is, is, is he, is Jesus at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places? Is all thing in authority, under his authority? Yes. So then why would we be fearful of an enemy who's under his authority? You don't need to be. So we have the opportunity, as Paul is saying, you can stand firm, you can stand strong in the power of his might because he simply is there. But again, it talks about putting on the armor of God. So Paul is, is using an analogy that was, is very plentiful in that day, occupied Rome. And, and what would happen in occupied Rome is, in order to make sure that Things are carried out the way the Roman government wanted it carried out to ensure that things didn't get crazy, there weren't uprisings. There were consistently the presence of Roman soldiers, present everywhere. So Paul saw something that was very, very evident to everybody, and he sees a Roman soldier, obviously in that day the success of the Roman army, and he draws an analogy from what they wear to something that you have the opportunity to put on. In other words, you must engage with God and actively do things with your life in him to put on what you need so you can stand firm. In other words, Christianity is not a passive life, but it's active, it's purposeful, it's decisive. When, when the Bible says things, pick up your cross, that's active. Paul uses other analogies, he said, close yourself with, same sort of way. You have to be active in putting on what God enables you to have. So he looks at this Roman soldier, and he, and he sees things that is part of the armory of the soldier, and he uses them as analogies to talk about different things that you can put on to stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. So verse number 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. In other words, that's saying, in the day it could not get any worse for you, you can stand. And having done all, to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. We talked about those last week. And as shoes for your feet, having put it on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, and to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication and praying for all the saints, and also for me, for Paul. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So we're, we're going to talk tonight about the shoes on the feet and the shield of faith. So back to verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The Roman army, as Paul, again, he's drawing the analogy from Roman soldiers that, that are around there. One of the reasons, you can read this in history, one of the reasons that the Roman army was so successful 
was because they took care of their feet. And it sound, that sounds sort of weird, but if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. The Roman army traveled great distances. They traveled over rough terrain, right? And one of the reasons the Roman army was successful is they were better at taking care of their feet than the other armies were. Now, I don't know about you. If you've been out trekking around, walking long distances, if you don't have good things on your feet, your feet kill you. And if you're out there and you're in damp conditions for a long period of time, your, your feet just start to get nasty, right? And, 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 it, and it hinders your ability to be ready and to stand firm. So the Roman army was successful in part because they had good shoes, they had good boots, whatever we want to call it, for their soldiers. And Paul is drawing on this analogy that part of the reason that you can be ready is because what you have on your feet is good. So, so that ready, it, it, it's two different ways you can see that. The first way is this, that the readiness uh, means simply to be able to stand firm. That I am ready simply to be unmovable. Uh, verse 13 in, in this list, uh, it says there, and having done all, to stand firm. See, again, what we are facing in our lives, again, it's, it's, it's like you can think of a lot of the different analogies, whether, whether it's uh, different uh, sports like football, whatever. The point is to stand firm and hold your ground and not be pushed back, right? Paul is saying you have the ability to be ready in such a way that you don't have to give up inches to the enemy in your life. You don't have to give him headway. You don't have to give him a foothold that later turns into the door being opened a little further. Amen. That we can stand firm, and part of this is the readiness that comes because of the gospel of peace. What is the gospel? The gospel is the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, now remember what the prophet Isaiah called him in the, in the, uh, the verse we talk so much about Christmas, that he is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and he's the what? The prince of peace. Why is he the prince of peace? He's the prince of peace because the work of Jesus restores peace between God and man. Reconciled, restored relationships, right? The readiness to stand firm comes because of a reconciled relationship with God. You are his child. He will give you what you need in the moment that you need it to stand firm in the face of what the enemy may be trying to do in your life. You have that. Again, back. We're, we're able to stand firm in the power of his might. That, that's equipped in us because of the gospel peace that has come to our life. God, in other words, supplies what I need to do what he asked me to do in spite of an enemy who is against me, to stand firm. I don't know about you. I'm competitive. Any of you guys competitive? You play a board game, it just kind of comes out. You know what I'm saying? My oldest son, I'll, I'll tell you a story about him a little later. Ryan, he's too competitive. Like, you ever play the game Risk? How many ever played Risk? It, it's, just, it's, it's a game that can take days, depending on who you're playing. So it's, it's a game of, of taking over the world, all right? That's what it is. That's a game that if you play Ryan, it doesn't go right, the board may just go off the table. You know what I'm talking about? He's just way too competitive. It just doesn't go good. I don't play that game with him. But anyways, um, I'm competitive. I play sports my whole life. I love to compete. I don't care if you're, we're playing something in the yard. I don't care if it's a board game. I'm competitive. I want to win. I'll just be honest with you. And if, and if I beat you, I won't say much about it, but inside, I feel good. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'll be honest with you. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to brag. But since I told you that, you know internally, I'm just like, yep, yep, I just took you to the woodshed, buddy. Anyway, so um, I don't want to give the, the devil place in my life. I don't want the thought of him being able to push me around and have his way with me. That goes beyond me being competitive to my understanding that if that happens, 
then there would be things that are happening in me that should not be. Or, or maybe, uh, not necessarily that things are happening to me that shouldn't be, but maybe it's, it's that I lose my joy. Or, or that he starts to steal my hope. Or, or different things like that, you know what I mean? I want to stand firm, but I know I can stand firm. I can be ready because I'm reconciled in peace with God, and the gospel of peace allows the strength for me to stand firm. And, and by the way, it doesn't then allow me to have excuse for when it happens. Oh, I'm just a human, so it's just the way it is. I'm not perfect, it's just the way it is. Right? We, we like to use excuses. When Paul says, you can, it's possible, it's not an empty platitude, you can stand firm in the power of his might. It's there for you. But beyond, beyond just uh, standing firm, but it also is ready for action. That what is God calling to you? And, and, and one way we can look at it is, is taking the gospel to the world. It's an active moving. How, how wonderful is, is the feet of those who bring the good news, right? So it's not just a, a defensive standing firm, but it's also, again, ready for action, to persevere, to keep going. Again, if it is over rough terrain in your life, you're fitted with the proper footwear to do it. So we have been given what we need to persevere to the end. First Peter, chapter number five. Couple, couple verses here. First Peter, chapter number five, and verse number six. It says, "Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time He may exalt you." Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. By the way, you must do that. But be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But watch this, verse 9. Resist him firm in your faith. You see that? Resist him. Stand firm in your faith. And we'll talk about the shield of faith in just a minute. You have the ability to stand firm. Philippians chapter 4. Verse number 1. Philippians 4, 1 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. You see that? Paul is consistent. If you read through his letters, you, you read through the epistles that he wrote, he's constantly encouraging, constantly building you up to stand firm and not give an inch. As a matter of fact, Philippians chapter 3 won't go there, but he, he encourages us. He said, we got to keep pressing on. I press on. I haven't attained all this yet, but I keep pressing on. But I'm able to do so because I'm fitted properly with what I need to do so. Okay, shield of faith. <laughs> One time, I told you I was going to tell you about my son. Uh, it talks about the shield of faith, and it says about the flaming darts of the enemy, right? You see that in there? There, there was an account of a Roman soldier. One time, at the, after a battle, there were no less than 220 darts and arrows in his shield. 220 times that shield stopped something that was going to kill him. It's a shield of faith can be in your life. But the, the enemy, and for Paul using the analogy, does the flaming arrows, the flaming darts of the enemy. Well, one time my son, so as you know, I'm a bow hunter, and as my kids were growing up, they had a, 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 a kid-sized bow, right, so to get out and shoot arrows at target. And the arrows I had for him, I don't know where I got them, but they were wooden with actual feathers on the fletching, right? He's out in the yard, he's probably eight or nine, and as you know, your kids go run, and after a little bit, where's my kid at? So, Ryan, Gavin and Hope are in the house, and Ryan's outside, walk outside, 
and he's literally lighting the tips of these arrows on fire and shooting them into the neighbor's field that was standing grass in the summer, in the dry of the summer. <sighs> Boys, right? I was like, Ryan, you know, how about, how about we don't light the neighborhood on fire? How about that? How about we quit lighting your arrows on fire? It's like you're flaming arrows of the devil. Another time, it's funny, this kid, he has an imagination. He, it was in the middle of winter, a lot of snow out there. He built several snowmen in the yard, and I'm just kind of watching it, and before I know, he's trying to ride his bike through the snow, and he made a spear, and he's throwing spears at the snowmen. I was like, I wasn't sure whether to tell him to stop or like, hey, can I try that? But um, <laughs> anyways, that's my son. But the, but the devil's like that. He's, he's constantly trying to do things. Flaming arts to the en- starts to the enemy. Not only to, to uh, kind of break through into your life, but what he does is like the fire can spread. Isn't that the devil? It's one little thing, but he doesn't intend it to stay one little thing. He intends it like that fire to spread, right? But the shield of faith is something that we have to extinguish those kind of things coming through our life. So what is faith? Faith is active belief. Faith is trust. Faith is invoking the God who saves us and the God who empowers us. Faith is standing firm in what his word says. The Bible says, Romans 117, the righteous live by what? Faith. Active belief in him. Trust in him. In him and what he has said. I stand firm. Amen. So I must be active with my faith to distinguish not only what the enemy's doing, distinguish it, in other words, understand it, discern it, but then extinguish it. Use it as something to stop what he's trying to do. Amen. It's the shield of faith. So we must have that active belief in God, that not only he's there, but the belief in what his word has said. What's amazing about faith is what I love about faith is it just takes the faith the size of a mustard seed. Isn't that right? Now, faith grows, it strengthens, but faith the size of a mustard seed. As a matter of fact, remember the story of the centurion? And Jesus said, this is great faith. Well, what was great faith? It was just believing Jesus at his word. That's all it was. Great faith is simply believing God at his word. God said it, I believe it. God said it, I trust it. God said it, I'm going to live in it. It's just simple, active belief and trust. Now, you see other times in the Bible when something's going on and Jesus talked to the, his disciples and said, oh, oh, you have little faith. And, and it's sort of criticism, right? But then you go, wait a minute, I thought faith the size of a mustard seed moves a mountain. A mustard seed is super small. What's the difference between that and little faith? What's the difference? Little faith is when you're distracted from God and what he has said. That's little faith. I mean, winds and the waves, and, and Jesus, they would wake him up and say, hey, don't you care if we drown? And he's having a good snooze. He's not worried about it. He's not anxious. He's not, not overwhelmed by the moment. He's sleeping. They think they're losing their life. You have little faith. You just trust. You believe that, that God is going to take care. Okay, I'll deal with it. And they're amazed by it. They were distracted by the storm from who is in the boat with them. See? Those little things. But if they just had that faith the size of a mustard seed to know he's there, they wouldn't have been distracted by this. That, that's what the shield of faith does. It keeps us connected. It keeps us in tune. It keeps us focused, whatever you want to say, on the fact that God is here and he does not leave me. And what he has said it will be, because his word does not return void unto him, as the prophet has said. Amen. Therefore, I stand. And that shield of faith, again, you don't have to be, I, I, th- I think sometimes uh, we get this wrong, you don't have to be or feel like a, a super spiritual giant person in Jesus. You just have to believe in him. 
Because it's not you being super spiritual giant anyway. It's him. It's not you anyhow. Isn't that right? It's not you. It's him. So I draw on him. How do I draw on him? How do I activate? Faith. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's just go there. Hebrews chapter 11. The great chapter of faith in the Bible. The writer of Hebrews, a lot of debate on who that is, but Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen or the evidence of things not seen. In other words, what I don't see, who is God, I still believe. And the things that he says, the things that I hope for, I, I don't move from that hope. I hope for it. Verse 2. For by it, the, the people of old, in other words, what we see in the scriptures before us, they received their condemnation, condemnation. By faith, we understand the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith. And, and, and this whole chapter says this, and by faith, and, and tells stories of, of those before us in this scripture. By faith. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by his accepting his gift. And through his faith, though he, he died, he still speaks. And by faith, Enoch was taken up so he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So getting to this verse right here. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. You see that? How do you live a life pleasing to God? Live by faith. How do you live a life that's acceptable to him? Live by faith. Now, now you can read down through this, this great uh, chapter on faith and see all, all the, the great names of people, Moses and so forth, that, that, that the writer of Hebrews highlights. If you go back and read their stories, you'll find that these were much less than perfect people. You will see they had flaws. You will see that they always didn't make the right decision or do the right thing. You will see that they did things sometimes that God didn't like. As a matter of fact, Moses was not even allowed to go into the promised land because he did something that upset God. See that? But yet he is commended as somebody who lived by faith. Therefore, ultimately, he was pleasing to God. Life with God is not that you're going to be perfect. Though we strive to be holy in him, right? It's not that you're going to always make the right decision. It's not always that everything's going to go as you plan it to go. But what pleases God that in the midst of life, you stay living by faith. That you stay in active belief in who he is. That you trust him. Right? Even when you don't understand have, have you ever seen something in the scriptures where God convicts you about something or something happens in your Christian life? You just kind of, I'm not understanding exactly why you said this or why this is happening. Everybody ever been there? Faith is living beyond your understanding sometimes. He didn't say you're always going to understand it. What he said was live by faith. You may not always understand why God says what he says, but live by faith. Live Beyond your understanding and faith. Because faith is up here, your understanding is here. Faith is up here, knowledge is here. You see that? That we stay living by faith. So, so tomorrow, I cannot promise tomorrow your day is going to be perfect. Can't promise you that. But I can say this you have the opportunity to live by faith regardless. I can't promise you tomorrow that the enemy's not going to show up at your door. Can't promise that. What I can say is, 
If he does, you have the opportunity to hoist the shield of faith. Right? I can't promise what you're planning to do tomorrow is going to work out. Whatever you're planning to do tomorrow. But I can promise you, you can keep trusting God in the middle of it. That pleases God. Amen. That is the shield of faith. Because what the enemy wants to do is, when you don't understand, he's going to shoot one of those flaming arrows and try to get in your mind about it and start a cycle of doubt. That's what he's going to do. You know what he wants to do? If your day doesn't work out tomorrow and something you plan to do fails, you know what the enemy's going to do? He's going to shoot one of those flaming arrows, try to get in there, and he's going to try to spread a fire around that failure. See? He's going he's to try to make you think, because this didn't work out, that maybe God really isn't there or God doesn't care like the Bible says he does. And, and then it starts rolling in your mind. And he wants that fire to spread. In those moments, grab the shield of faith and put it up. Uh-uh. Nope. I've come too far. I've experienced too much to stop now. Right? I believe in God. I believe in his word. I am going to trust. I'm going to keep going. Amen. That's the shield of faith. And you know why you can keep going? Your feet have been fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You got the, the belt of truth, the absolute holding things together, right? So you guys know this story. I'll, I'll just say this. So five years ago, when the doctor told me that I had cancer, it can get in your mind. It can start messing with you. And they're saying surgery, months of chemotherapy, all that business. Holy cow. So in those moments, I had a choice. I had a choice. I could let the devil get in my mind. I could start to doubt. I could start to fear. I could start to think I'm not going to make it. All these different things. Now, did, did I ever get fearful? Absolutely. Did I ever wonder? Yep. Did I, did I, did I wonder why this is happening? Well, yeah, a little bit. But in the process, somewhere, somewhere in the middle of it, I was able to say, oh, no, 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 no. And, and, and others helped me. It wasn't just me by myself. Others helped me. We're going to talk about this Sunday in Encounters with Jesus. Okay. Others helped me, but, but I was able to pick up that shield of faith and stay ready. So, so there's a young man. His name's Jared. I don't know, maybe he's watching. Uh, maybe just three weeks ago, four weeks ago, they told him, you have stage four colon cancer. That's what I had. I wasn't four, I was stage three. So one stage up, and that means something. So what I'm able to do is connect with Jared. Hey, Jared, you know what? I know, I understand. I've been there. Don't stop believing in the God who will save you. Don't stop. I, I, listen, I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm going to say a word. Maybe you guys don't like this word. It's going to suck, Jared. I promise you, it's not going to be fun. That's just real. It's not going to be fun. But I trust in what God has said. And I trust that God's going to be with you. And you hear me say this all the time, and he's for you. And he's working for your good. And if you just stay somehow, some way, in the midst of everything that happens, stay in that active loop, stay in trust, stay in faith, that pleases God. Stay connected. And in days when it seems like getting on top of your head, work through the cobwebs, and, and just if, if you can't do anything else, God, I, I love you. Just help me today. If it's all you can do, he responds. If that's all you have is say, God, help me, he responds. 
You don't have to have these eloquent prayers. You don't have to spend hours with him. If all you got, if all you can do is just look up and say, help me, Jesus, I believe he responds. Because that is active faith. That's trust. Amen. Can we, can we live our life that, that, that way? So, so, so something we're going to say here all the time, we're starting new. Pray first. Look heavenward first. Think, what has the scripture said? Think of that first. Before you talk to anybody, before you, God forbid, don't get on the internet. Before you do any of that stuff, before you talk to your bestest, best BFF ever, before you do any of that stuff, look, look to him. And stay in him. Amen. You know what that is? That's faith. You know, that's faith. It's not complicated. That's faith. That's belief. That's trust. Stay in him. And as he said, somehow, some way, he's going to see you through. I believe that. You believe that? That's pure faith. So, so I'm not worried about the enemy. I'm, I'm cautious. I'm wary of him. He's not dumb. He's not foolish. I'm not dismissing him. And I'm not fearful of him. I'm not scared of him. Why? Because the God who's with me is able to make me strong in the power of his might. Amen? Amen. All right. I'll stop there. Or else I'll be here all night talking about that. So, so whatever you got going on, I'm not sure what's happening in your life. Probably a lot of different situations. And there's not a lot, ton of us here, but I'm sure there's a lot of situations anyway. Whatever you're facing. Have courage. Be encouraged. God's with you. Okay? Simply grab hold. That's all, that's all you need. Grab hold. Don't let go. He's going to see you through. Amen? Lord, Lord I thank you. I think as, as, as I pray, once again, cast your cares upon him. Give your situations to him. Whatever it is, whatever's going on in your life, just say, Lord, I, I need you. I'm trusting you. Just cry out to him to, to help you. He, he will do so. You, 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 you know, in the Bible, I'm sorry, I said I was going to pray. You know Philippians 4 when it says about uh, with prayer, give the things you need to God, and you don't need to be anxious about it then he'll give you the peace that passes all understanding, right? Philippians 4, 7. You always carry your anxiousness and your worry if you don't give it to him. He can't give you the peace that passes all understanding until you give to him the stuff that's making you anxious. You've got to give it, okay? So, so as I'm praying, give those things. Just give it to him. Let, let him have it, okay? Lord, Lord, we, we, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your patience. But Lord, we, we thank you for your strength. We thank you for lifting burdens off of our shoulders and taking them upon yourself. We thank you for that. And I pray for each one of us tonight as we stand in faith, we stand firm, that that peace that passes all understanding will come in and guard our hearts, and guard our minds, we come against anxiousness. We come against worry. We come against being fearful of the unknown. But here's what we know, God. We know you. And we know you are there. And we know your word is true. And therefore, we have hope. We have strength. So help us today. Guide us today. Guard us today. We come against, we bind the work of the enemy, the schemes and the plan of the enemy. We, we pray they're dashed, they fall to the ground. That we live in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for being here tonight. If, if anybody wants prayer about anything or whatever, come on down. I'll hang out here for a second. If not, We'll see you Sunday morning, next Wednesday night. Invite somebody out. I know the small group's still happening. Youth are somewhere, so we'll give them a couple minutes to close up. But be blessed as you go tonight.
Darkness rejoiced as though 